Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in. Our mission is to get you and ourselves out of our comfort zone to explore. Join us on our next adventure. Check out sirensoapbox.com and click dive in and explore. Guaranteed to get you out of the mundane. Ever notice those little square images with digital patterns on them? They're called quick response codes or more commonly QR codes. They were invented in 1994 to help track vehicles during manufacturing, according to Wikipedia. The pandemic has caused companies to come up with some ingenious hand-free ways to use QR codes, keeping the spread of germs off of their stuff and keeping your hands on your phones. More restaurants are using QR codes for menus. Coca-Cola has developed the QR code for hands-free soda machine dispensing, and hotels apply the digital image to activate a TV remote on your phone. For a few years now, companies even use the pattern block to drive customers to their website. There is one company that is way ahead of its time using the images to play a little game for well over a decade called Munzee. Munzee is a scavenger hunt where you look for QR codes and capture them using your phone's camera. According to Munzee.com, Munzee was officially founded in July 2011. The name Munzee was derived from the German word for coin. In its first few months, most players and deployments were in Germany and the United States. The site also boasts that at least one physical Munzee is deployed on every continent in the world, including Antarctica, and there are over a million hidden Munzees. This was a challenge turned into us by longtime listener, first-time poster Bill Cole, who was our challenger for the motorcycle episode two. In this challenge, he asks us if we've heard of geocaching. We have. Check out episode 30 for more on geocaching. He tells us that Munzee is very similar and we should check it out. So we did. To add even more of a challenge, the Sirens each picked a town that they would go and explore that was new to them. Let's find out where they went. If at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango. Mango. First up on her soapbox is Mer. I started my Munzee journey in my hometown of Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio, so that I would know what I was doing when I got to a strange town, because I think that was our actual challenge. And I noticed that most of the Munzees I was finding were virtual. There weren't very many stickers or QR codes the couple of times I went out looking for them. I did find that it was pretty easy to grab virtual Munzees though. And that was kind of fun. So I grabbed some Munzees from different hotel rooms in downtown Cincinnati while I was sitting at my work. So that was kind of fun. Uh, Mark and I spent a week in Wisconsin back in September. We went to see the Ryder Cup and we spent one of those afternoons in Wisconsin walking around Milwaukee, just kind of taking in the city. And that's where we did some Munzeeing. We actually also did some geocaching near the Milwaukee Art Museum, which by the way, that building itself is a work of art. It's pretty cool. Unfortunately though, we were only able to capture two Munzees that day and they were virtual. All of the physical Munzees we looked for were no longer there. Uh, we did some, we did find a geocache though. It was sitting amongst the rocks on the shore of Lake Michigan. So that was kind of cool. If I guess if I'm comparing the two games, I do prefer geocaching to Munzee, maybe because of my experience. It's been mostly virtual, uh, but each container of geocaching, it's, it's different and they hold different surprises. And I really enjoy that, but I don't just, I just guess I just didn't feel the same love for Munzeeing, but I did love exploring Milwaukee. And I may not have taken that river path if I weren't looking for Munzees. So I do like that it can be used as a tool for exploration. And it's another thing to get me moving and looking at my surroundings in a different way. Sara, where did you do your Munzeeing? Well, <clears throat> Bill and I had quite a lot of fun reacquainting ourselves with Munzeeing. We actually started in Key West back in 2016. I was trying to remember how we even found out about Munzee, and I can't, but 
we were walking around the streets in Key West back then, maybe drinking, and I remember having a great time capturing a bunch of greenies. Over four days, we found about 35 of them. Thank goodness for the history tab, right? When we got home, we did keep it up for a little bit, randomly finding one or two every few weeks or so, but nothing much stands out about those times. But I do remember a trip to South Carolina and I did look back and see that I found a few there. Um, but that was the summer of 2017. And that was also the last time that I captured a Munzee until just a few days ago. So what I noticed pretty quickly about the Munzee app, once I remembered my login information, of course, was that it seemed a lot more sophisticated than I had remembered. As I looked over the tutorials, I saw all kinds of new things that I had never seen before. Clan wars, rovers, virtual Munzees, and of course, many things that you need to upgrade from the free app to premium to be able to access. We didn't delve into any of those things though. We started out just by finding regular physical greenies. What surprised me was how some of them hadn't been captured for years and a couple we were the first to capture and those had been deployed in 2014 or something like that. The second day we went out there, we had a little bit more time and daylight. And that day we started noticing some of the more interesting onesies, including the virtual ones. Some of those were even in the middle of the highway. You could be 30, uh, 300 feet, sorry, away from those though. So we did capture them from the parking lot alongside the highway, but that could be a lot of fun going down the highway and trying to grab those as you go. I guess you'd have to have a rider with you. It'd be a little bit dangerous if you're driving. Uh, the virtual Munzees did seem to have a little bit more activity. Um, we were disappointed to see that, like you mentioned, Mary, Mer, the virtu the, um, a lot of the greenies had been removed. Um, almost a third of the ones that we looked for yesterday were gone. But by the end of our day yesterday, we had almost doubled our total number of captures. Um, we also deployed a few Munzees yesterday, which was pretty cool. Um, a lot less blood, sweat, and tears in creating and hiding a geocache for sure. But you still get to come up with a cute name and everything, and you get notified when your Munzee is captured, so that's kind of cool. Seeing as we were out and about and we knew we were munzeeing to compare to geocaching, we did open up the geocache app and we were pleasantly surprised to find that there were several micro geocaches right where we were. We found them and logged in their logbooks. First thing I realized, Munzee is much cleaner. Those geocaches were really grungy. And I think that if I had to choose between the two, Munzee would be my favorite for that very reason. Um, and maybe also because of what happened to my geocache. Anyway, Jess, what did you find out? Well, this was my first experience with Munzee. I hadn't even heard of it before the challenge and I thought it was really interesting. It did get me out exploring my new island, which was a lot of fun. It made it really easy to find Munzee in a strange town because um, they're all strange to me right now. Uh, no one asked me what I was doing there, but there weren't really a ton of people around when I was doing it, and a lot of them that I caught were virtual. I think I prefer geocaching because I like finding something physical. I didn't ever end up finding a physical Munzee. Also, Munzee was really confusing with the different types of catcher, captures, so if anyone understands those, please let me know, because I was super confused. I also thought a lot of the places there were virtual Munzees were dangerous, like the middle of streets and busy intersections. Like Sarah just said, uh, you need a rider with you, which there was definitely no warning about these virtual ones as please have a passenger. <laughs> so it was almost as if they were encouraging people to Munzee while driving. There were some on the backs of stop signs, so those weren't so bad, but there were a few just in the middle of busy intersections that didn't have sidewalks. So. The advantage of the physical Munzees is that there's less chance of somebody stealing your hide like I had with my first geocache. And I think a lot, all of us have had that experience with either people or raccoons stealing our geocache. So uh, this makes it a little less likely for somebody to steal it. But there's just something about signing the paper log and leaving a trinket for someone and taking a little trinket that's fun. Maybe it just makes it more real, like a real treasure hunt. My favorite find was by a waterfall that I drive by every single day for, to and from work. I stopped there early one morning and watched the sunrise with my chicken friends, and it was a great way to start the day. I'll probably keep looking for them as I'm exploring my new home because the app makes it super easy and also doesn't require me to get muddy every single time. So, Elsie, what was your strange munzee? 
So I had quite the adventure a couple tries um, on this one, but I have been playing since 2012 and I'll admit that I never really got into it like I did with geocaching. More recently, I got into it with my nephew Royce. He loves finding the secret stickers. That's how we explain the game to him when he was about three. And it was fun getting back into it again. The first town that we tried was Brookville, Indiana, and that was on our way back from viewing the Sandhill Cranes. Brookville only had one Munzee, so we captured that and added two more to the town before we left. We decided to try another town on another day to complete this challenge. Up next was Waverly, Ohio. Fun fact, it's next to PP County, and it has a creek called PP Creek. And yes, I have the humor of a five-year-old. We had a drone job in Waverly, so I wanted to explore after our flight. And to our amazement, we had parked right next to a light post that had a Munzee. Had being the operative word here. We followed the rule of threes for diving and quit after the third missing Munzee. So then we decided to go to Chillicothe, Ohio. And I have driven through a few times, but never explored it. And it exceeded expectations. We had so much fun walking through the park, capturing codes. Then we explored the town. We saw a real antique, a phone booth complete with a 2017 phone book, a bank sign that said burglar alarm, a mini statue of Liberty. And we ate dinner at the old canal smokehouse with the most amazing fall off the bone finger licking good ribs you will ever have. And then we got some sweets at grandpa Joe's candy shop. It is the closest thing to Willy Wonka that you will ever get. Then I shared my experience online, and this is where the real magic happened. It started so many conversations with people. For instance, Lilac Tail Siren Audra knows the owners of the place where we ate dinner, and she even had a ghost story about the local theater. My aunt shared that she had been there, and to top it all off, my uncle told me that my grandfather helped open a store in Chillicothe once, and I never even knew that my grandfather lived in Ohio. So Bill, thank you so much for this challenge. Not only did I have a fun day of exploring, exploring, I got to learn more about my friends and family. Where did you explore, TC? I explored on an island, but not my own. I feel like I've just scratched the surface with Munzee. What I love about Munzee, this is a game that can be done with zero prep work. Once you have the app, just open it up and look for stickers wherever you are. Unlike geocaching, no need to carry supplies, and the Munzees I have found have been hidden pretty much in plain sight. No hiking necessary, although you can hike to get some of them, and you can also find geocaches without having to hike. I really do enjoy both games, but I enjoy the simplicity of Munzee. However, there is so much more to Munzees than I realized. There are physical Munzees and virtual Munzees. It seems like everything has a virtual option these days. There are mermaid Munzees and a siren Munzee. I don't know if you all knew that one. There aren't very many Munzees on St. Croix, just two of them, and they are both virtual. Maybe I need to get some Munzee stickers. Every time we travel, I look forward to looking for Munzees. Then I forget and I never look for them. I need to figure out some kind of Munzee reminder. It's not part of the app. For this challenge, I did my Munzee search on the island of Yost Van Dyke in the British Virgin Islands. I was very excited to discover that there was an actual physical Munzee on a post at Foxy's. The description of where I'd find it was a very good description, and I was certain I was right there, but no Munzee. I checked a few other places, but I was certain the post I identified was the one. Everything there is covered in stickers, and it dawned on me that maybe there was a sticker over my target Munzee. I searched the post, now looking for a raised Munzee shape under another sticker, and I found it. I pulled back the sticker covering it, and there it was. This Munzee was deployed on November 20th, 2016, and I found it November 23rd, 2021, almost exactly five years later. Anyway, I like Munzee. This is something I want to explore a little more. I feel like the sirens should all hide some siren Munzees. Maybe that could be a future challenge. Speaking of challenges, this episode, as mentioned, is the result of a challenge from Bill Cole, without a doubt, our greatest fan, self-proclaimed, 
but we believe him. Bill is also my brother and Siren Sarah's husband. He is the kind of big brother who spent my childhood living on a pedestal that I created for him. He is also the kind of brother who has been my best friend through most of my adult life, my fellow phone philosopher and voice of reason. I always love an excuse to spend time with him, so I love when he sends us a challenge. Please join me in welcoming Bill Cole to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Hey, welcome, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. That that might have been an even better introduction than the last time I was on. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> So yeah, the, this uh, Munzee thing, uh, somehow Sara and I stumbled across this several years ago um, when we were in, the first time I remember doing it is when we were in Key West. And the thing that I really enjoy about Munzee, maybe even over geocache, is um, a lot of times, uh, like even around here where we live, you'll have somebody who is really into it and starts deploying a lot of stickers. And they'll so you can go for a nice hike and go collect all of those munzees along the hike. So um, rather than uh, traipsing down uh, along a sewer line and lifting off of a, a grate and pulling up a uh, small vial like you do in geocache and then having to open the nasty thing up and sign a little piece of paper in there, it's a pretty clean, pretty easy way to uh, explore and uh, you know have some fun collecting different types of munsies that have been deployed. So I think we had a lot of fun with it. And uh, I think it is a nice, um, I don't know if it's a competitor or a companion piece to geocaching and some of the other uh, virtual games that, that are out there for people to play. So I would say that they, they probably are competitors like business wise, but I feel like they complement each other. I had a good time doing both of them together. I find that they're not really in the same area. If I'm, I forgot to do it when we were in downtown Indy and I totally meant to, I have the same problem TC has. I completely forget to pull it up, but if you're in a city, they're going to be everywhere and you're not going to find them out hiking where you're going to find geocaches. So it depends on what you want to do. That's what actually, I found as well. Yeah, actually we, um, yesterday i guess um went around uh, and and we just opened up both apps and we found geocaches and munzees um but you're right uh, there were not nearly as many geocaches in the area where we found uh multiple munzees that could be fun if you're out with a partner just one of you have the munzee app and one of you have the geocache and just see which one you find more of <laughs> Now, uh, Elsie, when you were uh, looking up stuff, you know, I made some notes for tonight because I figured I did the challenge. I'd have some notes together. And then apparently you somehow raided my email and read down through everything, all my notes that I <laughs> when you did your intro. But yeah, thanks um, for doing the research for me, Bill. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> One thing I found that I thought was pretty interesting, a couple stories, but this is about geocaching before we move on to, to Munzee. And geocaching apparently started or it's um has its roots in a thing called letterboxing which is from the 1850s and people would write stories and then embedded in those stories were clues to uh different landmarks and then you had to read the story and figure out what that landmark was and and go and and find something that was on that landmark, maybe something that was on a plaque or something. And, and I guess that was something that was pretty uh, widespread in 1850s, 1860s, I guess, probably up to the Civil War uh, time frame. Hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. That sounds fun. So there are uh, geocache types that are letterboxes. So it, oh, I, really? yeah, I haven't found one, but there's a series of them up in... Um, a park near me and Emshoff Park in Delhi. And I haven't found them yet. They're pretty far off the trail. And the chick who hid them, the witch, is like known for hiding them so well you can't find them. So I just haven't done it yet. But 
That's interesting. Now I can't wait to see them because I think it's something that reminds me of like sort of the description of those types of geocaches. There's one in Hyde Park in Cincinnati like that. They're like, um, you have to go to five different places and you, you find the first place and it's a clue to the second place. And you go there and you get a clue to the third place. And it takes you to like five different locations before you get to the geocache. I will say that's one of, well, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I thought letterboxing had a stamp involved too, but I can't remember if it's that or something else where you collect different stamps from different letterboxes. Something to look up. What were you going to say, Bill? Um, you know, I, I really don't know. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That's awesome. So what I, did find, what I did find when I was uh, looking up some stuff for this as well, um, you know, because of uh, geocaching causing you to actually physically handle objects, uh, there have been some concerns and there have been some state laws that have been passed over the last few years in Virginia, South Carolina, and Illinois to try to restrict geocaching. In fact, in a town called Highlands East in Ontario, Canada, geocaching has been banned since April of, of 21. Because of COVID? Because, yeah, because there's no way to, um, to be able to uh, ensure that um, the container is sanitized in between each person. So they, so they just banned it, you know, they said, okay, you can't geocache anymore, which I find to be a pretty sad commentary on things, you know? So that's the other nice thing about Munzee is you're not handling stuff. If you're concerned about that, that kind well, of, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking that they needed to ban it or anything, but it's some of those micro uh, geocaches that we found. I mean, they were pretty nasty. Yeah. And they're, kind of gross. I was glad that we had some hand sanitizer in the car, not because of COVID, but because they were just gross and filthy. Yeah, they get all muddy and moldy and smelly. And I've had one where somebody peed in like a pill bottle and like, it's just gross sometimes before COVID. You're right. One of them was it was a kid's shoe, which I thought was kind of cute, but hello, it was a kid's shoe Ew. with stuff in it. And I'm thinking, mm, okay. That's cute and all, but I let, I let Bill touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I see that one. Cool. <laughs> Actually, we, we did get to that point where with uh, some of the geocaches, we on the app, we would just mark that we found it and we wouldn't bother trying to open it and pull the paper out and signing it. Um, you know, we're able to mark it on the app. So why do we have to fill out the log? And so we would just find it and then put it back. Because yeah, that's the I, point. I went, I went on this treasure hunt and I found this great big huge wooden chest and I was like, yep, I found it and I walked away. <laughs> no, the wooden chests, we collected all of those. If, okay, good. If there may have been treasure inside, <laughs> uh, we, we took a risk on those, yeah. We did uh, one of the little uh, micro uh, caches um, there were two little trinkets in there and we didn't do anything with them. But as we were putting them back in there, this was one of the cleaner ones. Um, there was something on the ground. It was a little, it, it may have actually come from there and had fallen out before. It was a little gem thing, stone. We put that back in. Mm, so we, we added cool. to a geocache. But that's then they, cool. got, they got progressively dirtier and dirtier. And so we stopped. And then so, I, I drew the line at the shoe. I don't blame you. There are a bunch of games you can play, like competitive games for points and all that kind of stuff. And I was very uh, relieved that Bill hadn't challenged us to a game against each other for points. Because in all the areas, uh, you know, in the islands, there are two on St. Croix. There was one in Yoast, but there aren't that many geocaches here. So I don't, I don't think you can refine them over and over, like every day go back to the same two. No, you can't. I tried. I tried to, to go back to the same one more than once uh, because with those Munzees, some of them, th there's all different kinds of Munzees. And some of, typically you get 20 points if you find uh, uh, a Munzee, but some of them you get even more points. So there was a special one that, and when I captured that special one, it was like 110 points. Sara, though, got 200. 
So I went back. Nice. I went back. Yeah, yeah. She was killing it. I went back and tried it again, and it said, "Hey, man, you've already done this one. It's not worth it now." But yeah. So. Says, "Hey, Bell, stop cheating." That's right. You you get points for deploying them too. So I guess I right. could buy a bunch of I, I could buy a bunch of stickers and sticker up the islands a little bit. Well, when you so guys come to visit me. Just um, spend some time in the airport, which the airport is tiny on this island, um, but there is a metric ton of Munzees in the airport. Wow. Like an insane amount of Munzees in the airport. And I was like, I don't really want to go into the airport, but um, if you go in there, you can get a whole bunch. It would be fun to do, though, if you went on a group trip with a bunch of people to have like an ongoing Munzee competition to see who could get the most points on the group trip. That might yeah, be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, like I did only sort of just scratch the surface of it though. Cause if you, there, it seems like there are a ton of different things that you can do. All the mm -hmm. different kinds of games and, and like you said, the competitions and I mean, a ton of different rabbit holes that you can go into yeah. with it never understood the point system or the like motels there were a couple that were special that were called motels and then is that like the siren and the mermaid one tc is that let me see let me find it again and there were There's construction a... ones you could there were you could do construction all kinds of things yeah i, I feel I, I feel like you could waste a lot of time and a considerable amount of money mm -hmm. it's it's 50 points to deploy a siren and 500 points to capture one. Hmm. And right, we're expensive. <laughs> that's right. Anytime someone captures one, the owner gets 50 points. So if you deploy a bunch of Munzees, like I'm looking at the other mermaids, you get 200 points, uh, 200 points, 200 points. So the siren is more than double all the other mermaids. There's a mermaid, a hot spring mermaid, and a Malusine mermaid. I'm hmm. sure I mispronounced that. Huh. And you said there was one that was deployed five years ago, TC? The one I found was deployed yeah. November 20th, 2016. Okay, that was like right after when it peaked. According to Google Trends, Munzee peaked around 2014. And it's been on a steady decline ever since. And geocaching is way above Google Trends compared to Munzee. Munzee was just barely a blip on there. So it's not as popular. I don't get it. Because I think it's fun. Munzee. I know. Well, it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. All the different kinds. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we, found, we found a bunch of them that had been deployed in 2014. In fact, I think most of them. Uh, and the funny thing is, the guy that deployed a, a large number of the ones that we found um, had had like 745,000 finds. Wow. And you could tell he was still very active. He or she uh, was still very active with this. But when I saw that 745, it actually gave the full number, but it was over 745,000 finds. And I will admit, I do enjoy doing the Munzee, but part of me thought, how do you stay motivated to get three quarters of a million fines? I, I'm not, not sure how you stay interested long enough to do that. Wow. Maybe he's competing against other people. Well, yeah, I'm sure. And that's, that's the other thing with the Munzee is you can join clans and you can stage wars against each other. And I mean, it's um, there's a lot more than just going on a hike and, and looking for QR codes on the back of a stop sign. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Elsie. No, you can finish your sentence. I didn't. I I didn't dig into it that deeply. I I got a little overwhelmed when I opened the app. There was a lot going on, and even now, I like opened it up while you guys were just talking to, to look for those uh, the siren Munzee. I I don't even know where to look for it. I, maybe, and that makes me feel a little older than I really am and a little sad that I can't figure out an app. So mm. <laughs> you, when you come to St. Croix, you can open the Munzee app here and you will not be overwhelmed. <laughs> the lack I was of. like, I was like, is this thing working? Hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Don't open it in the airport here and you'll be okay. 
there's there's a good amount kind of scattered around other than the airport that's just insane the airport's so, literally two terminals and like 10 gates so i the amount of munzies that are in it is just crazy i think there were a couple of you guys that said that they were missing munzies mm-hmm. does anybody feel that placing stickers on the back of you know signs like stop signs is kind of like vandalism in some way you know you know it's funny that you asked that because when we started doing geocaching again uh which was somewhere around episode 30 if anybody wants to go back and watch that episode episode 30 is your geocaching when we uh Thanks, when we started, yeah I, I was shocked at how many rules there were for geocaching. The last time that I had done a geocaching before that episode 30 was several years ago. And Tracy and I um, and and some other friends uh, did that. And I had to print off the, uh, I had to print it off from a, from a computer because there was no uh, GPS in your phone at that time. And, and I had a handheld GPS unit and it gave you coordinates and you had to try to track it down and then read the code. So we're carrying around printed paper and, and this handheld thing looking for them. And you could put them virtually anywhere. I mean, there were no rules really to deploying these things. And then when we started again uh, last year and, and got into it, there were so many rules for deploying geocache, which is another reason I like Munzee because I didn't see any rules. You could put stickers anywhere you wanted. And I kind of like that. You know, I don't, I don't like a lot of rules, so. I agree. And when I tried to hide my geocache, all of the rules, that was overwhelming to me. And I got turned down for every single place I tried. Mine is still sitting on my kitchen counter. It's a good cache because no one's found it yet (laughs) on my kitchen counter. (laughs) Well, it probably won't get stolen from your kitchen counter. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, so Sarah, tell us about yours. It's gone. I don't know. Wait. Did you steal my geocache? <laughs> oh, not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, I, like, I maybe, mean, no, no, of course not. I was not. like, maybe I need to go lay eyes on my geocache. No, um, mine, I just, I got a couple of notifications because I would get notified that mine was, you know, oh, found, found, thank you, cool, whatever. And then I got a couple of, uh, can't find it. And I was thinking, how come you can't find it? How, it's right there. And so I went to look for it and I was like, it's not there. And <laughs> sure enough, it was just gone. So um, that was a little disappointing. And I just, I can't see myself going to the time and effort to putting another one together just to have it go, whether it was taken by a groundskeeper that didn't think it should be there or by some kids messing around thinking that it was cool to steal. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me either way. It was a lot of effort for a bad outcome. Um, mm-hmm. The good thing that came out of it is one of those geotab coins. I think that's what they're called, geotab. No, yeah, is it? Geo- Geo- it's a coin. Geocoin, Geocoin, I think. Coin. Geocoin. Um, um, my geocoin. I can't remember now, um, but it's been everywhere. Um, it's it's traveled thousands of miles, so that's really cool, and and that's still in circulation because um, it's it, it got picked up from the, the for the first time that my cash was found. So it that's is kind of cool. cool. Yeah, it's cool to get notified about where it's been. Sidebar note for anyone who listens to our podcast through a podcast place, you really should go to YouTube and watch this video so that you can see Siren Sara's facial expressions when she talks. (laughs) They're priceless. (laughs) Yes, I definitely uh, do have an inside face. I have an outside face voice. (laughs) Do you guys know the story of the very first geocache? No, I don't. So, so it was in May 3rd, May 3rd in the year 2000 in Beaver Creek, Oregon. And this guy, uh, he got a, a fairly large container and inside he put um, some type of a, a floppy drive with uh, software, a video, a book, some money, a slingshot, and a can of beans. I like to think they were Bush's baked beans personally, but it doesn't say just a can of beans. And so he took this thing out in a field and he partially buried it. So the top part was sticking up and it was a, 
There was a lot of uh, you know, grass and, and stuff that's grown up around it. And that's where he hit it. Uh, it was found, I think, three times. And then the fourth time, it was found by a lawnmower. Uh, the guy was, somebody came, a groundskeeper, somebody came up to clear out all those weeds. A lawnmower hit it and destroyed everything except for one item. Anybody want to guess? Beans. The bushes baked beans. Beans, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the story of the, of the first geocache. So even that very first one didn't last very long. Well, I don't know if you guys remember, but the first one I put out was, um, it was vandalized by raccoons. And my very first geocoin that I bought is totally missing in the woods somewhere. Hmm. It's not missing. It lives with a raccoon somewhere. It's their treasure. That's right. That's right. It made its day. Probably the, did. The cool thing that about Quincy is too. if you happen to see one of those um, little QR codes on the back of something and you don't have the Munzee app. So if somebody's just wandering around and they see it, if they've just, if they've got a QR app, just any of them and they um, zap it, it pulls up the Munzee website. So it's kind of cool. You know, yeah, that's mm. true. You that's don't, true. You don't if you to, see a box in the woods and you don't know what it is, then there's no real way to figure that out. Unless somebody writes on it in really clear letters, this is an official geocache, please do not remove. Which is in the very long list of rules. <laughs> mm -hmm. They specifically tell you what to write. That's true. Jess, so what happened to yours? Take it. Oh, my first geocache got stolen. And the one that had the coin in it. So my mermaid coin is gone forever. I mean, I had hoped maybe somebody would take it and actually log it. And, uh, but no, I, I have checked on it and it's, it's probably under some kid's bed now at this point, but then I replaced it. I haven't checked on my, actually, cause it's still in, uh, Ohio, but it did. I mean, last time I checked before I moved a few months ago, it was still going strong. Cause I was like, I should check on it one more time before I leave. And then I didn't get around to it. <laughs> Did, Mur, did you redeploy your your geocache? I did, and I um, that one was just found in December. It's still nice. going strong. I have five geocaches hidden, and four of them are in good shape. One of them maybe needs some maintenance, so I'm gonna have to go check that one out. But I also had a Kraken uh, geotag that I stuck in the last one I deployed, and he was just logged in Georgia two days ago. Oh, cool! What? That's cool. awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. I think we got about a 50-50% success rate almost. Mine was the first time it was, I had to move it because it was not, you know, it was breaking the rules. And then I was getting all these messages that people couldn't find it and that the GPS location was off. And then so many people complained that they made mine be taken down. So... <laughs> No success there, but I think I'm going to do more with the coins. If I live closer to where I could hide geocaches, I'd do it more. We need people to deploy or er, geocaches so we can have fun and find them. There's yeah. a ton of them on the it. bike trail, Elsie. There's a ton but, on the bike trail. Just put a couple on there. Well, that's the problem. Hard. If there <laughs> if there are that many in the bike trail, you have to hit, they have to be like at least a tenth of a mile away from each other. So that's, yeah, I that decided can be mine to like one of the ends. There's like a a big chain of them in one section of the bike trail, and I just went on to one of the ends, and I was like, all right, this is far enough. <laughs> There's one called like it's a solar system. Um, series of geocaches and it was like this is theoretically the distance between earth to mars or whatever and then earth to another planet so it was they broke it down to a smaller scale which was kind of cool you learned a little something along the way that's cool. That cool so just to add some fun to this i i looked up the munsey stickers because i think i will buy some and deploy some and uh for 50 for 50 Munzee stickers they are five dollars and 55 cents ah. so well, you have to buy them 
So magic numbers. Magic. <laughs> magic. Totally PC already bought them. <laughs> Add to cart. So what, one of the things that I really like uh, with the geocache is um, when they give little hints, uh, because, because the thing is hidden. So you can you can be in the general area, but sometimes they're camouflaged and you know, they're under things or uh, whereas Munzies are just usually stuck on something right out in the open. Um, and so, so you, with the geocache, you, you have to read through the hint maybe, or read through little clues that are in the description, or sometimes read posts by other people who have already found it that kind of give you hints and, and help you track this thing down. And that, that's enjoyable. So when we were deploying Munzies, I kind of did a crossover. So I hid a Munzee in a place where you might normally find a geocache and then gave a hint in the description where we put the Munzee. So uh, for those of you that have uh, gone to shopping centers and so forth, that you've probably noticed that in the, the parking lots, the big uh, street lamp that's in parking lots, uh, on the concrete base, there's a little metal skirt that slides down that hover, that covers up the bolts that hold the pole in place. And most of those skirts just lift right straight up. And lots of people hide geocaches under there. We lifted up that skirt and we cleaned off the little base where the where the street light bolts down and stuck a munzee on there. Uh, and then I put in a clue that said, "Look under the skirt," or "Look under look under her skirt," or something like that. Uh, as a little clue to lift the skirt up and take a look and that's where the munzee would be that might be fun to do is to hide some instead of putting them right out in plain sight we kind of enjoyed doing that one i might uh put some munzee stickers inside my geocache oh oh <laughs> what is smart. geocaching has a rule against that mm. <laughs> it probably does there's a very good chance there's a rule against that yeah that's a good idea, though, Tracy. It's scavenger hunt inception. What? <laughs> Here's funny. If you start looking up uh, uh, just to try to get some facts about geocaching, I was surprised how many articles I came across where people died while geocaching. Mostly, I guess, and that's probably why more and more rules came out. But um, yeah, just doing ridiculous things like trying to hide one part way down on the side of a cliff and uh, you know, things like that. There was even a story about um, one that uh, had been blown up by a bomb squad that was planted near a school, outside a school building, and they saw this box they didn't understand. And uh, so they called the police and the bomb squad came and they blew it up and turns out it was a geocache box. Oh my God. There is a story floating uh -oh. around uh, the geocache between the geocachers on this side of town, apparently there was one, oh, it was a geocache underneath a skirt in the KFC parking lot. And um, there were some comments about it and kind of the same thing happened. They had uh, some cops like staking it out because so many people were interested in what was going on under there. They thought that it was like a way for people to hand drugs off to each other or something until somebody was finally like, it's a geocache. <laughs> we had, so we, here we were, munzeeing and looking for geocachers. We were at the Florence Freedom at the, and there were a ton of them and we were just wandering around walking from lamppost to lamppost and lifting up the skirts and screenshotting, you know, chinka, chinka, chinka. And there was this cop in the parking lot the entire time that we're doing it. Not once did the, not once did the cop do a damn thing. Just sitting there the whole time, probably snoozing. He was there when we pulled up. We walked all around the property. We walked up to the front gate to get a virtual Munzee um, around every lamp. We lifted up skirts and pulled things out and put stuff back. This guy didn't come see, to speak to us at all. So we, we either, pulled out plastic bags, stuck plastic bags back in. Yeah. So either this guy geocaches or he just doesn't care. Hmm. Oh, you're muted, Mer. I said one or the other. It really wasn't all that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for him to roll up the, hey, what are you guys doing? I was ready. Nothing. Nothing. Does it say you're not allowed to be there? No. No. 
That would have been more fun. Yeah. <laughs> that is the interesting thing about that ball field is it, it's fairly open. And that's why I guess there's so many Munzies and geocaches hidden there on that. It's a big piece of property, but there's quite a few. You know, I bet that security guard knows all about them. Mm-hmm. He probably placed cop. them there. <laughs> oh, that cop. Well, they, they probably yeah. know about it too. I mean, if there are that many of them, I'm sure that there have been calls at some point throughout the ballpark's history, right? Don't you think? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So the next challenge I write in is going to be for the sirens to find the Munzees that are in Antarctica. So, <laughs> Damn it, Bill. Bundle up, ladies. Bundle up. Hey, sirens. Mango. Yeah. yeah there but we go. I'm not going to Antarctica either. <laughs> no, no, they got penguins down there, and penguins are cute. They That's also true. have penguins at the zoo, so they're penguins yeah, in Africa. We got to get outside our comfort zone. They're peng- <laughs> penguins in Africa. There are, and they're cute. Then I watched a documentary once about a icebreaker cruise that went that goes to Antarctica, and like. I mean, it's a big old like cargo ship that was turned into a cruise ship and it's like five star chefs that are on there and there's lots of wildlife. Okay, so um, maybe we can have, do that. Yeah. They of course also do like a polar bear plunge, which I'm going to mango out of that, but I will do. I've done that. That's fun. I would cold. do that. I would do that. Well, if we do that challenge, we're going to have to um, watch farce of the penguins. RIP to Bob Saget. Oh, yeah. that was a funny movie though. You know, sidebar, Mark and I turned on a random episode of um, SVU, Law and Order SVU last night. And it was one where Bob Saget was a guest. What? <laughs> Crazy. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, he turned Way out- to be a murderer. Yeah. Way to bring us down. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to celebrate this man's life by watching dirty penguins <laughs> <laughs> or we find out where he'll be buried and we put a munzee on his headstone <gasps> let's do that let's do that the ghost so, of bob saget stalking us <laughs> how many how many of you have done um uh, the pokemon go thing i did for a little while a little bit did, I've done my so husband we, is obsessed and we haven't done it, but but our, our son uh, and his girlfriend were into it uh, pretty big at one point, and um, my daughter was into it, and it's kind of a similar thing. In fact, when when I was looking up uh, competing uh, games like this, that that was uh, the first one that popped up. Yeah. Kind of a similar so, thing, it's based on G on um, on uh, geographic location. Yeah. So Murhage and I used to play this game that was created by Google mm-hmm. and it was called, and so you had to, when you, when you started the game, you had to choose if you were on the enlightened or the resistance mm-hmm. and the general thing about it is that they're trying to speak to aliens who are supposedly going to provide this great enlightenment to humanity, but the resistance thinks they have bad intentions and they're fighting the whole process and you have to go capture these locations. But I can't remember the name of it. Ingress. 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 (laughs) And so, so when it came out, you had to get an invitation to play. Like they played, they took that whole scarcity thing to an art form because so many people I knew were like, did you get an invitation? And then someone would post on Facebook, I got an invitation. And we're all just like, Oh, where's my invitation? Tracy, I remember you kept trying to get me to, to uh, join in and do that. And I didn't, you know what? We were so engaged in that game that we would start playing at like after dinner and then we would, it would be dark and we'd be like, well, what time is it? It would be like 2 a.m. And we would still be out trying to capture forts. Do you remember that, Mur? Yeah, I do remember that. It was we stupid. Were like like during the week. Around, 
we were like traipsing around downtown and there's like someone just captured the university of kentucky let's go <laughs> it was <laughs> it was nku not UK. UK. <laughs> I, I don't whatever <laughs> so we got the car and drove to the to nku to recapture <laughs> the fort oh my gosh it was, it was insane fun. my son was in high school at the time and he would go out with me sometimes and blow up stuff or capture stuff it was fun i'm installing the game right now see if i still am on the uh resistance it's <laughs> still was, a thing i had the same username for ingress as i have for munzee so it must have all been around the same time frame <laughs> so I asked you guys this during the DNA episode. Did you guys read the fine print on any of this apps? Because I'm sure we're selling our geolocations to all these third-party companies. Um, I did not. And at this point, I just don't care. I just can't care that much, Elsie, about <laughs> they know who I am and where I am. I, I just can't care about it that much anymore. The thing is this, at some point, if we're all running from the government, we're going to ditch the phones all together. Fuck yeah. It's going to be just this girl and a bat covered in barbed wire. (laughs) They're going to know the second you've done something wrong because you'll have ditched your phone. Mm. That's all right. right. They won't be able to find me either. Microchips. Maybe. The, The thing is, even if they are using this stuff to track us, they can't kill us all. That somebody has to pay taxes, so they can't kill us all. Bill, that is a great point. <laughs> well, let's leave our listeners with a challenge this week. We want you to go ahead and download the Munzee app. It doesn't cost anything. And then get out and explore either in your own neighborhood or in a strange one. And then tell us about your experience by using the hashtag Siren Soapbox on all the social medias. Thank you bill for this challenge it was a really fun way to get out and explore yay bill (laughs) thank you thank you for uh accepting the challenges i send in and for letting me join you tonight i I love it and uh i am your greatest fan so (laughs) i wonder if mark would argue with you he probably would at least to my face (laughs) (laughs) thank you fellow explorers for listening to this episode Check out our website, sirensoapbox.com to find out what we're up to next. And hopefully we'll convince you to explore along with us. Until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the sirens on all the social medias and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.